It's summer, it's barbecue time, and it's time to rethink what we can put on the grill. How about making this season the most creative? Grill Guide, vegetables, fruit, sauces, and rubs. Our topic in this hour here today on An Organic Conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And here in the studio with us is Earl Herrig of Earl's Organic Produce, the premier distributor of organic fruits and vegetables, entirely focused on just organic fare. And we want to invite you to redefine grilling with us today. It's not an episode on vegetarianism, but rather an invitation to think beyond the beef. This time of year offers endless opportunities to make the summer world of ripe and juicy fruits and vegetables your barbecue staple. We'll tell you what and how in this hour, Grill Guide, vegetables, fruit, sauces and rubs today on an organic conversation. That's what's coming up. But first, as always, here's our week's review. Sita, and what do you how have? perfect to have Earl in the studio because this is something that he can weigh in on in abundance. So we're talking about Rodal Institute has just released a new report and this is really interesting. They created something called the Farming Systems Trial back in 1981 and it has been the longest running side-by-side -side comparison of organic and chemical agriculture. So their intention when they started this study back in 1981 was to look at what happens in the time when a farm transitions from from conventional to organic. And they noticed pretty soon off the bat that after an initial decline in the crop yields during the first few years of the transition, because it takes, I think, three years, right, to transition from conventional to organic. Yes. After the first few years where there's a little bit of a decline in yield, the organic systems rebound and either match or surpass that of the conventional systems. So this recent report that they just put out, there's a wonderful summary on permaculture.co.uk. You can find, I mean, you can get the report. It's free. Anybody can read the report that Rodale Institute has put out. But this was a really great summary. And here are the highlights from what they found. After a 30-year side-by-side trial, the Rodale report showed that One, organic yields match conventional yields. Two, organic outperforms conventional in years of drought. Three, organic farming systems build rather than deplete soil organic matter, making it a more sustainable system. Organic farming uses 45% less energy and is more efficient. Conventional systems produce 40% more greenhouse gases, and organic farming systems are more profitable than conventional. This is so incredible, and I just want to finish up my summary with a quote from the Rodal Institute report that says, As we face uncertain and extreme weather patterns, growing scarcity and expensive oil, lack of water, and a growing population, we will require farming systems that can adapt, withstand, or even mitigate these problems while producing healthy, nourishing food. Well, it's, it's interesting that productivity is usually defined simply or was, has been usually defined by bushels per acre. If you looked at an acre of land, 
you would measure what was the total output in productivity in the organic field and in the non-organic field. It's interesting that they report now touches on things like 45% less energy, that's a big deal, or conventional systems produce 40% more greenhouse gases, that is a big deal too, because agriculture contributes to a third of all greenhouse gas emissions. So 40%, that's almost half of all greenhouse gas emissions of that third that we could save if we didn't have conventional systems or more sustainable systems. But beyond the normal way of looking at productivity, it's interesting that water usage has not been directly addressed. Out organic outperforms conventional in years of drought. That's huge. But what about water usage? What about community empowerment or local economies? How about soil erosion or soil loss? Between those two systems, conditions of riparian habitat as pesticides run off or biodiversity with that. How about human health? So this is really looking at two production systems. And if we layered all the other benefits for mankind or nature in addition to it, it's no surprise and it's as shocking of how comparable and how much organic outperforms on every level conventional systems. And Earl, that's what, that's the foundation for your business, right? That's why you yeah. started this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think some of, the, some of the stuff is is almost impossible even to measure. When you talk about biodiversity, the difference between going on a farm, where which is organic, which is family owned and lived on, and, uh, and the family works it versus a conventional agribusiness, even of the same size, it's, it's really staggering. The life that is on the farm and the many things that you can't even absolutely understand until over long periods of time. The, uh, the drought, of course, that drought information is wonderful out here. We're, we're digging that here and that out here in California, where I, I don't know, I'm sure there's figures in terms of um, how many acres and what part of the country is leading in, in acreage toward organic, but I'm sure California is right up there. What I would say is go out and visit some farms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have, the, have the opportunity to go out and visit, and you get your own experience. Go out to as many farms as you can, and wherever you are. When you travel somewhere, visit that farm in Michigan. And go, go to that peach grove That's such in, a great suggestion. in Georgia. Wonderful, yes. Because when you see it firsthand, it's totally clear which system supports life and not. In this case, it's really about can organic feed the world. I think that's kind of the question behind it. And mm-hmm. yeah. shows like, well, non-organic cannot either, and neither should we maybe. We should just empower local communities to grow their own food as much as we can. And in that, um, building soil and having a sustainable system, of course, is the foundation. Yep, for that. But yeah, visit an organic farm if you haven't, or the non-organic farm, and yeah, get your own picture. Yeah, make it plural too. Farms, yes. farms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Sita, for yeah. bringing that Good. up. Our focus in this hour is the grilling season, grill guide, yeah. vegetables, fruit, sauces, and rubs. Today on an organic conversation, that's what's coming up in just a minute. Stay tuned. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. 
Fry Vineyard's Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And today we are speaking with Earl Herrick here in the studio of Earl's Organic Produce. That's earlsorganic.com about the season's produce and what we can incorporate when we talk grilling. Thanks for coming in today, Earl. Well, thanks for that uh, that music that was just fading in that and out there. That's, <laughs> what, a, what a nice groove. We Thank chose you. that for you. Uh, we know you like that. You, you hit it on the nail. <laughs> yes, and Thank usually you. usually the, this is the time for um, Sita's um, holistic bite. Very frequently. But, we're Almost skipping always. that one this week because this entire episode is in holistic Basically, bite. I mean, we're going to be talking about all these different delicious <laughs> fruits and vegetables and why they're so good for you and how you can enjoy them on the grill. And then we're going to be talking about making your own sauces and marinades and rubs. And I thought, you know what? Let's just let's just save that time. It's all integrated today. It's all today. integrated. So this is pretty much the month where at least it starts to show the year's bounty, right? This is the month where almost the entire year's produce that you find come in. Isn't this the, oh, oh yeah, the yeah. most, like the next three months from now on? Yeah. This is, this is the heartbeat of the year. Absolutely. You know, we're, you know it's sometimes we get out of sync in California because there's so much everywhere and we're such a Mediterranean climate that it stretches the boundaries of many seasons. But yeah, we're, we're right in the thick of it and it will continue. I think historically, you know, July, August, September, and depending upon early rains, late rains and heat, extensive heats, they can, they can all vary. But we're right in the weekend. I mean, July 4th weekend, people are out there, you know, getting fires going, whether it's in a, a standard grill, whether it's on a beach, whether it's in, in some allowable uh, cooking place in, a, in the woods. There's a lot going on. How does, it, how does it work in wholesale? Like, are you talking with growers who, who tell you, in two weeks, I'm going to have a crop of peas or whatever? Yes. And you already plan for that? Or is it like mm -hmm. that morning? Or how, how, much, how many days in advance do you know what's mm -hmm. coming and you, you kind yeah. of plan your operation around that? Well, at this point, it's kind of a combination of, the, of, the, of both the grower and ourselves. We've been doing this long enough and, have the, and have the relations that... Hey, uh, and we also have the data, you know, uh, we look at it, we analyze a, a category or a class like uh, snap peas, and we do a simple analysis. Oh, they start, you know, our first uh, harvest in the last couple of years was the first week of May or whenever. So it's either the grower. Let's just check in with somebody to see if we're early this season yeah. or late. Yeah. So, so it can vary from get a very, get a, get a real forecast, faxed, emailed over to us that will give us a month by month breakdown. And then that's backed up with the conversations that we have with 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 the growers, or if it's a very uh, limited, where this grower is only growing one or two things, then we're touching base with them, or they're calling us. The last thing you want is somebody new calling you and go, "Hey, by the way, I, I'm harvesting five acres of 
of apricots today and you want any i mean you, yeah, that's no. not going to work uh because because really you're you've, you've lined everything up sure maybe and, 20 years ago <laughs> yeah right? but it, but and there's an outside chance now we go well you just happen to hit a sweet spot i need some sure but yeah that's you got to be planning as a farmer you got to be a business person you want to line all those things up just like you've lined all your irrigation and your rows and everything else that's such a good on-air tip if you're a grower or you of some kind of larger gardener or you have any kind of production that you are intending not to eat yourself entirely plan ahead right don't plant it all in one day and make sure when you know it's coming in a week before you know alert your neighbors your friends yes. whoever will participate that it's not that day of harvest when everyone is ready but two weeks prior ideally kind of estimate when you will go out and, and get it. Even if it's a farmer's market, you want to you wanna prep people like next week I'm going to have this so people can get all jazzed up and go oh, that's sure. a great so this, great. this weekend mm-hmm. we're picking up peaches, whatever it might be. Right, right. So this Well, let's start then. Let's start with the world yes. of vegetables and since you do have a, <laughs> an advance notice about what's good and great, what's good and great in the world of vegetables for the grill? Well, you know, uh, before I get into that, I want to talk about just about the you know what's going on? Why do we do this? Uh, what is that uh, that impulse that we get out there and do it? Is it the good weather? Is mm. it uh, just uh, it's beckoning us? We're outside most of the time anyway now. Our doors are open. We're, the days are longer. But definitely there is that whole more than tendency. There, there's a, a concerned effort to go out there and, and, and grill. So it's this is the, and what's so perfect is Mother Nature allows us to, to you know gives us that bounty to play it with. I'm glad you're bringing that up. I was in the mountains with a group of mindful folks and for two nights, and it was just amazing to have a fire going and to eat yeah. foods outside in the fresh air and basically feeling like even though they weren't grown in that spot where we camped, but to know that this is all as close to nature as you can make it. Somebody was in the field just a day ago, harvested this, we brought it up to the mountains, we have a fire going, we're making food outside of the kitchen. What a what a refreshing alternative to yeah. how you cook for 330 days of the year, maybe, or 300 days of the year. There are now these 60, 90 days, however many, wherever you are, where you can bring regularly the food outside and eat it outside or even better prepare it outside if you have a grill yeah. and that is it's so primal it's so amazing it brings us back to our roots yeah. it's a lovely thing and fire and food is just a, it's the first connection of many foods that we couldn't eat otherwise so mm-hmm. This goes as back as mankind is old. So, yeah, thank you. That's a really sweet notion. But it is the world of vegetables and fruit. Let's start with veggies. What's June, July? Yeah. What can people mm-hmm. expect right now? And, and what's really grillable? You know, the things that jump out right away for me is the, is the standard squash, the zucchini, the summer squash. They're, they're easily prepared. They're, they, they store easily. They're available. Uh, whether it's a zucchini, you, you cut it in kind of like quarters, and, and then there's any number of ways you can you or can like handle strips, it. strips, like you mean? You yeah, know, yeah. Lengthwise and quarters. Precisely, nice. yeah. So they're not too thin and they're not too thick, because too thin is not going to hold up on the fire, mm-hmm. and then too thick is... You know, not, you don't want to put the whole thing or even cut it. I think I think quarters work real well, again, vertically. And and then you can do any number of things with it, whether you just want to marinate it with tamari sauce, you want to you want to add to salt and pepper, you want to put lemon juice. You know, one of the things, though, that uh, I've got grown accustomed to is that you put your ingredients in a plastic bag to get that full 
marinade or coverage on whatever it is. So you, you cut up a zucchini, put it in a big plastic bag with whatever it is, whether it's olive oil, lemon juice, and, and seasonings, or any number of those things. Mix around, make sure you get it all, all there. You can even overnight marinate it, and then it's ready for the grill whenever you want to. Nice. Kind of just a real simple thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grilled squash is a great one. I like your, I think your tip about not cutting them too thin is really important because it is a very delicate, I think of it as a very delicate vegetable. They have a high moisture content. Mm -hmm. And if you cut it too thin, it's either going to stick or it's not going to, if you cut it thicker, it's going to have a nice meaty texture. Mm -hmm. Bell peppers are great. Uh, I like to cut mine in half. Again, not not Mm. too small. You don't want to do little juliennes. That's not going to hold up. And with the olive oil, I, I like to do medium high heat. I like to, I like to put them on. Uh, I like to turn them frequently, and you got to watch out if it's if it's olive oil you're using with a bit of a flame flare up. But that keeps you ginger on the on the grill, you know, keep it oh, moving. Oh yes, and um, speaking of bell peppers, we were just at Fry Vineyards and at a cooking class, and the cooking instructor. Christina Perello. Exactly. Mm, uh, showed us a name. trick to blister your bell peppers. She uh-huh. was basically saying you can literally charcoal them on the outside. You just mm-hmm. turn them, turn them, turn them, make sure they're really charcoaled. And then you put them in a paper bag where they steam out, so to say, and separate from that charcoaled outside skin. So you don't need to right. wrap them in aluminum foil or anything. And then when they cool down enough, 10 minutes later, you take them out of the paper bag and you literally just rub off the charcoaled skin. It comes mm-hmm. off in one minute. And mm-hmm. you have these tender, grilled, smoky, kind of al dente, you know, yeah. halves of, I mean, at this point, even just a, it's just a flat surface of bell pepper mm-hmm. to do all kinds of things with, put cheese in it, whatever you yeah. want to do, grill further. But yeah, amazing that you mm-hmm. didn't even need to protect them in any way. You want them charcoaled and really burned, and then it comes off. Yeah. Um, and that also took care of, of the nutritional, because it's a nightshade, right? Right. Well, tomatoes and bell peppers and eggplant and eggplant and mm-hmm. zucchini are all nightshades and they have a particular quality about them that I think it's an enzyme but what it does is is for some people who have difficulty with their joints it, it exacerbates that problem it, it gives you a feeling of stiffness and so what they do is they roast the bell peppers if you look at traditional cultures like in Italy and the Mediterranean where they eat it a lot of this of they she she said and this was a good point I'd never thought about it but you're never going to find a salad with raw bell peppers in the Mediterranean because mm. they're they know how to kind of um, free up whatever this enzyme is that causes the stiffness of joints and the same thing is true about tomatoes which i think is mm-hmm. another great thing to grill mm-hmm. right now and what she pointed out that they're doing in the mediterranean to eliminate whatever is in the tomatoes that's causing stiffness in joints is marinate them you know salt and pepper and olive oil and you let it sit for a while you may even add some vinegar and it kind of binds with that enzyme that you're trying to release and then particularly this thing you're talking about earl if you have olive oil before you put this onto your grill make sure to drain it well because that fat will ignite the fire and you're going to have that big like whoosh kind of explosion. Right. So so be mindful of it. If you marinate your tomatoes, I mean, tomatoes are another, just like you said, Earl, with the bell peppers, cut them in half. Don't cut them too small because they have a lot of water content. So cut them in half and marinate them, drain them well before you put them over the fire and then get those nice grill marks. And, yes. um, and mm-hmm. of course, mushrooms come to mind and artichokes. Ah, yes. And what about salads? Radicchio, romaine, do you, do you grill those? You know, I don't, but 
uh, I'm finding it on menus all over the place, especially radicchio, some of the harder kind of the escaroles. Uh, some I've seen uh, romaine lettuce. Uh, that that's my that's nice. not my particular thing, uh-huh. but it's out there and it gives it a whole other whole other flavor. Why but is it not not your just, thing? Just I I like fresh I like my, crispy. Yeah, I like fresh crispy. That but lettuce. I'm I'm a big fan of grilled radicchio and grilled mm-hmm. romaine. In fact, I was um, working with a group of students at Bowman College and they were doing their big final showcase dinner and they did a grilled romaine with a homemade honey mustard vinaigrette. <laughs> and the combination was really nice because you put a little bit of oil on the romaine. Like you take a whole romaine head, right? Cut it in half vertically so that when you look at it, you're seeing all of the layers. You're seeing the heart out, right? And you put a little bit of olive oil on that and then put it on your hot grill. And and you want to place your whatever it is you're grilling first at 10 o'clock. Let it grill there for a little bit, lift it, and then switch it to 2 o'clock. Same place you put your hands on the on the steering wheel of a car because that's how you get those nice hash marks. So they'll do, so they put the romaine on the grill. They got their 10 and their 2 grill marks. And then they added this really wonderfully like acidic homemade honey mustard vinaigrette. And it was that acidity complementing the fat that made it still really fresh. And then they topped it with some toasted walnuts. It was divine. It was so good. Yeah, there you go. So good. You're listening to an organic conversation, obviously. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Citarani Palomar. And we're here joined and honored by Earl Herrig of Earl's Organic Produce today in the studio with us as we are uncovering the world of grilling, grilling produce, the grill guide in this hour, vegetables, fruits, sauces, and rubs, our topic today. That and more, much more, actually, uh, when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Citarani Palomar. With us in the studio is Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce, the voice of the San Francisco produce market. As we decipher the grilling season, everything that we can do, really putting it into a new creative world of vegetables, fruit, sauces, and rubs. That's our topic in this hour. And we talked about bell peppers and tomatoes and mushrooms and artichokes, of course, and even radicchio and romaine can be grilled. And a great little recipe there from Sita, thank you, before the break. 
Um, how about corn? Of course, corn mm. grilling, oh, it's, yeah. it's almost invented for that. Right? Yeah, got it got, has to be done. Uh, I'm sure you probably all got it going on right now, this very moment. You know, for me, I, I see it a, a couple different ways. You know, with the husk on, with the husk off, uh, wrapped up in aluminum foil. And there's any Cooked before or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, there's right? any number of ways what's, to do it. What's the best? Uh, you know, I what mean, I've done, well, I've done them all, but uh, one thing is if you're going to do the husk, I like to I like to soak it in water beforehand so it kind of steams when you put it on. I, I like it also uh, with the husk off. You get that like that charred on it, and it gives a really nice flavor. Again, you want to pay close attention if you don't have the husk on because you want to turn it frequently. Obviously, it's it's round. It's, you roll around, and you want to get all the sides done. Just gives some great flavor, and the and you prepare it with like an herb butter. That's phenomenal hmm. what, what you do there. And then of course again you're going to get that butter melted in the fire. You get some flame up, so you got to keep it keep it moving. Or you have uh, use different parts of your grill for for the different areas uh, that might flame up, and then move it over to another area. Yeah, some, somebody told us that you, with husk on, you can just literally grill it as is, right? And then you turn the, take the husk off, and then voila, you have it. Well, a, yep. cu- a couple of tips. One, take the threads out first. Ah, uh, the silk. Ah, oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Sure. Yep. So Horse. peel the husk back, take the silk off, put the husk back on, use that for grilling. And I do like Earl's uh-huh. tip about soaking it in water first, because then what happens is it's steaming at the same time that you're getting that nice, like, yeah. brown flavor that's happening from the smoke of the grill. And you're not going to burn that husk or or you know, set it on fire or dry it out in your cook time if it's soaked in water first. When when you do put uh, corn on the grill and it, you know, all the little kernels are completely deteriorating, mm-hmm. the the concentration of flavor is obscene, right? It's yeah. so flavorful. It's, uh, the sugar gets car- caramelized. Yeah, oh, that's of course. Yeah, yeah of course. It's, it's, it's all it's sugar. It's absolutely phenomenal. And you can't really do, <laughs> and that's what grilling is for. Those, that's unique to grilling. Yes. Mm, You're not going to get true. that on a, fr- on a cooking, or, yeah, 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 on a frying hot, pan hot or anything like that. And for me on this, as with all of them, is the goal is not to char it. I mean, the example of the charred bell peppers and then you're removing the char afterwards and ending up with a a really tender roasted pepper afterwards, that's different. Like with with grilling, I don't want to see it completely blackened, not only... Because I think the flavor is a little, it's a little bit too much. It just tastes like it's its charred, but also because you're getting a little bit into that carcinogenic of course, territory yeah. as you're completely changing the molecular structure. You're basically eating the ash of Burn. it. So, I mean, I, I think that for most corn, you can do it less than you think because right, right. you're going to, mm-hmm. each one of those little kernels is like, it's like the fruit itself. But you when, know? You, when you hit it and they're like dark brown, you know. Just, dark brown uh, is exactly how you nice. want it. Exactly. They and I want to touch on one more thing. Oh, do you want to say well, something about corn? I, I'll just think marshmallows. Oh, exactly. That's you know, exactly. a good That's example. Right. That's you know? right. If they're black, it's if they really it's burn, it's too much. Yeah. So I want to touch on one more thing before we move on to fruit, because I know that's where we're going and next. And let's talk about corn more next week. I think there's good so, idea. Much, so much to talk about. This is corn season. We should do it in a the whole season. storage, yeah. the whole, that whole world. That's next week. Let's talk about corn next week. And choosing week. choosing organic over conventional. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's great. Um, with, you know, there are lots of other things, lots of other fruits and vegetables. We'll get into fruit in a minute, but that are smaller, that are still so delicious on the grill. And how do you do that if you're worried about them falling through the, the slats of the grill? And that is to get a grilling basket. It's really smart. It's got lots of holes in it. And what you do is as you're heating up your grill, you put this grilling basket in to heat up at the same time. What's a grill? Grilling basket. It's a basket. I mean, it's metal. So I, I know it's in in the in the world of uh, salmon. Mm, you know, it's yeah. one of those things. It, it's it's kind of a mesh 
or if oh, you have a fish-shaped piece of wire. Yeah, there you, you go. Wire so that the salmon doesn't fall apart when you take them off. Precisely, I've that seen exists wire ones. for cherries. I've seen single serve. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, not single <laughs> serve, but I've seen them in mesh. I've also seen them more like a colander, right? Instead of a fine, mm. instead of a fine mesh, it's more like a yeah. a colander with lots of little holes in it. But the idea is that if you get that hot in the grill, and then you add, like, let's say you want to do cremini mushrooms instead of big portobellos. Like portobellos will grill beautifully because they're like big yeah. steaks, but the creminis are little. Or if you want to slice up some spring onion, you know, into like two inch long strips mm, of nice. spring onion, sure. you can put these into the grill basket when it's preheated mm-hmm. and you just kind of keep stirring it around and it's going to get that smoky flavor because it's it's as close to the flame as it can without falling through. And because the grill basket is hot, you're going to get that browned edge anyway on the fruit and vegetables that you put in there. And it's actually the, a grill basket? It's a grill it's basket, called? yeah. Huh. Look for grill basket or grilling basket online. You'll find them. You, you can could also just put store. a metal mesh on your grill itself. I would check hmm. and make sure that it that it can do that because you've got sure. some that have you it's know silicon coating and all different kinds of things. Yes, there are wonderful. Lots of different kinds Kristen Pongo, associate producer, is holding, holding up a up photo photos. of a square <laughs> grilling <laughs> mesh box, whatever you call that exactly. Interesting. I've never seen that. Yeah, let's take a look wow. at that. Oh, look at all okay. those. Okay. Look at all those choices. Check, it, so, check so, it out. So then shifting from the vegetables to the fruit, because Helga, you said cherries, stone fruit are mm. wonderful grilled. Yeah. And, and cherries are the thing that you can put them in the grill basket, get that delicious grilled cherry flavor, and either put them on top of ice cream or blend them into a sauce, which we're going to talk about sauces at the end of the show. Yes. But that flavor of a grilled stone fruit is just incomparable. Are there different varieties of stone fruit that are more suitable for grilling than others? Peaches, nectarines, and I think a nectarine over a peach. They're a little more meaty. Uh, Don't little, pick them too ripe. Th- absolutely, that's all. That's always there, and they're a little lower in moisture content, so they'll, they'll hold up a little bit better. But I think those two, cut them in half, put them on the grill. If you want to do a little seasoning or, or flavoring of some sort, whether it's oil or whatever. And again, you want to pay attention. These are fragile uh, pieces of, of product and, and watch the uh, the height of the flame. Yeah, b- back again to the grilling basket. Really, when it comes to fruit, stone fruit particularly, and grilling, they do fall apart, right? The moment They're already fragile when you eat them without mm-hmm. grilling. If you put them on the fire, the juice comes out and they get floppy and soggy. So yes, good idea to pay extra attention, maybe shorter time, maybe a, a slightly less ripe piece of fruit. And or use the grilling basket so they don't fall apart when you when they're just perfect and you take them off and they just well especially because of the sugars they're more likely to stick onto your grill that oh, caramelized that sugar sure. is going to yep. create like a sticky caramel effect yes, yes, so you yes. have to be careful with that which is why you want to get firm mm. ones so earlier in the season it's easier to find firm stone fruit than it is later in the season mm-hmm. um, and don't just use these for sweet these are good for savory too of course you can take your grilled peaches and you can top them with ice cream but you can also after they come off, you can slice them and put them into sandwiches. You can ser- you can serve them alongside whatever your entree is. Pineapple. Pineapple yeah. is a yes. really good one. Let's move to that for the non-local, well, depending on where you live, but for most of us, pineapple is not local, mm-hmm. more tropical fruit, lots of tropical fruits. You can th- still throw on papaya, pineapple. Pineapple mm-hmm. is, holds 
up well on the grill. <laughs> Delicious. I, I think really when it comes down to it, you can put anything on the grill. It's just kind of your imagination. I just realized that. So this this is an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. <laughs> and we're sitting here with Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce. And I'm realizing in this episode of Grill Guide, Vegetables, Fruits, Sauces, and Rubs, we should have talked about what you can't grill because this could go on for days. <laughs> that would have been an empty hour. Yeah, would yeah, been pretty been much. Right? Is I'm that not really sure what that would be? So, picking up on your on your statement, is there anything that comes to mind really that you can't that is in season right now? I mean, asparagus, carrots, potatoes, well, radicchia, romaine, artichoke, mushrooms, tomatoes, bell peppers, corn. Yep. Pineapple, stone fruit. What what do you see on your produce dock that where you would say, yeah, maybe tricky to to put well, on the grill. Well, you, we, you get in the world of berries. I'm not uh, sure how, how you're going to go. How you're going to do that? Of course, you got the basket. You can use it with, but uh, but again, they're high in sugar. They'll mm-hmm. caramelize well. I, can you imagine blueberries? Uh, oh my yeah I'm mean, just thinking of a blueberry muffin how those blueberries and sure. pancakes Baked. but yeah. they're also they're high in moisture and this is what we're talking about when we talk about any of the fruits the pineapple the stone fruit when we talk about tomatoes these are things that are high in moisture as well and so they break down very quickly yep yeah but ba- yep. back to vegetables for just a sec even squashes right the other the entire world of of butternut squashes or maybe mm. even the hardier winter squashes that survived or yep. the hardier summer squashes beyond zucchini amazing on the grill amazing I think you just need to change your grill strategy depending on those things if you wanted yeah. to grill oh, kale yeah. or if you wanted to grill collard greens i mean that's mm-hmm. a single leaf uh-huh. it's not mm-hmm. like grilling the romaine heart which you've got a nice bulk there right, when you right. cut it in half but you just got to do it quickly but the flavor of that as a leaf on a sandwich sure. would just be mm. divine and drenching it in water quickly if it's you know very fibrous is a really smart idea too i wouldn't have the with the leaves i wouldn't drench it in water really. beforehand because then it's going to steam and wilt really quickly what you're going for is to get those grill marks but keep it crispy yeah, yeah, that is the thing. You want to keep it crispy on some of that stuff. Yeah, that that, that is fascinating. It is opening up a whole other world when you when you mentioned collards on the grill. Well, why not? Why not? Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, the only thing that comes to mind that I would not attempt grilling, although our good friend Mark Mulcahy says that this can be done, and that is avocado. Yep, I've, it's true. I've seen it. It's delicious. Yep. It I, just takes you know, no ten seconds how. each because they are yeah. so fatty. The moment they get warm. They're basically done, but same mm-hmm. thing. You almost cook, you almost grill them like a peach, mm-hmm. very carefully. Yeah. You know, a firmer piece of fruit, cut in half, take out the pit. Grill marks ten o'clock, two o'clock, done. And it may be easier to not take them out of the peel before you put them on, so they're oh, yeah, easier yeah, to course. handle. Okay, all yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, maybe exactly. it's more manageable than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. You just do that one side, uh-huh. and you keep the skin on the other side. That's so you're right. Cutting it right in half. That's right. Interesting. Ten yeah. seconds, two o'clock. Ten seconds. 10 that's o'clock. easy to handle. Amazing. <laughs> So before we leave the fruit conversation, because you talked about pineapples, I want to give a quick tip in case it isn't completely obvious, but I wouldn't have thought of it. It's just the way I learned how to do pineapples, cutting them into circles, right? Instead of cutting them into Mm -hmm. like bite sized pieces or into, you know, long pieces, the way that we cut pineapple when we're going to eat it fresh, not the same way you cut pineapple when you're going to grill it. So you, you know, you take off all of that fibrous outside. And then I think before, this is the way I do it, before you even take out the core, cut it into nice, thick, round slices. And then it'll be, you know, you can take your paring knife or you can take a cookie cutter or something and kind of punch out the section that has the core or leave it in and let people eat around it. But it's much easier to grill. And it's just, it's kind of like the same size as a portobello mushroom. The way you do it in the tropics is just as we started the show with with the zucchini 
lengthwise from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. They take the top of the pineapple off, the, the big stem part, and then they cut the pineapple in um, quarters or even sixths or eighths. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you end up with these, these spears with the skin on the back still intact, and they grill them like Interesting. You know, ice cream on a stick. And you get this long piece of grilled pineapple in this little triangle-shaped Mm -hmm. Peace. Triangle, right? yeah. huh. And I think even keeping that hard core in, that, that, the, enough the, to hold it, yeah. you hold it together. And also that may just transform with heat. That's what oh, I'm wondering fun. too. I actually sure. don't think I've ever oh, tried it, but to nice. see whether or not the core mm -hmm. becomes edible. Cool. So two ways to do pineapple, either mm. round slices. Send us feedback at Talk Organic, or hashtag an organic conversation. Eight, eight Photos slices and from feedback. Top to bottom. That would yes. be How did it turn yes. out? Pineapple That's what ways. we want to know. This would be the, the time for what's in season, and what's in season is, of course, the, the grilling part. But we should take a quick break, and then we come back with rubs and salsas and sauces, uh, mostly made with what is available. This is an organic conversation. I'm Helga Hilbert. And I'm Sitarani Palmar. And our topic in this hour is the grill guide, vegetables, fruit, sauces, and rubs. Our topic with... Earl Herrick here with us in the studio of Earl's Organic Produce. That's earlsorganic.org. For more information, we'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And with us is Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce in San Francisco, a wholesaler completely dedicated to solely organic fruits and vegetables. And the website, yes, thank you, Earl, is not.org, even though I feel like you're, you're so about community and <laughs> sustainability. It is like a.org, but it's actually a.com. It's earlsorganic.com for produce tips and what's in season every week and recipes. Um, big shout out to Susan Simmitz, who's doing such a great work of putting photos around your daily work. In this hour, we are focusing on vegetables, fruit, sauces, and rubs as part of our grill guide. The grilling season is here, and we talked about what kind of produce, basically almost all of it that you can see right now, June, July, August coming in, is grillable in various forms and with maybe some foresight and tricks to them. And we also talked about fruit. And let's talk about rubs, marinades, sauces, salsas, that whole world. It's wonderful to grill fresh produce, but it's even more wonderful, wonderfulier. <laughs> if you really think about what you want to serve and if you just have a little bit of a, you know, lemon whatever mango marinade over something or a dry rub it just it it completely complements brings it out the flavor of what you are actually grilling so as you are looking at your whole grilling menu and preparation that's such a big world and Sita you as a chef I mean well, rubs and sauces I want to I want to set it up to think of it as two ways rubs and marinades are the things you do before something goes on the grill 
And sauces and salsas are the things you do when it comes off of the grill. So the sauces and the uh, salsas, I think, are what can create an entire meal out of some grilled say vegetables. That, say that again. Rubs and marinades. Rubs and marinades. And mermaids. Mermaids. Rubs and, mer- rubs and marinades are what you do before it goes on the grill. Sauces and salsas are what you do with it after it comes off the grill, how you oh, eat it. so smart. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so what I was saying is that, you know, in the world of the sauces and the salsas, which are just so, so vibrant and delicious and full of flavor in and of themselves, this is how you elevate like a simple grilled pineapple or grilled radicchio into something that feels like a meal. And it's, it's all in the pairings. But before we go there, let's talk about the things you do in advance because the rubs and the marinades will elevate the flavor because they're getting grilled too. And that's where Earl's mm-hmm. plastic Ziploc bag yes. idea comes in. You you have that. You put in a piece of vegetable, maybe a, a lettuce leaf for well, a minute, yes. a radicchio, and then you put it on the grill. And let me – I want to normalize that for a second because the reason why doing it in a plastic bag has become kind of the, the most traditional way to do it is because you want – to completely submerge whatever it is you're going to grill in your marinade. And when you put it in a bag, you don't need quite as much marinade in order to submerge because it just kind of forms around, right? The bag will form sure. around whatever you put in there. Now, of course, you know, people are wanting to we be mindful about the phthalates and the other things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you can absolutely do it in some kind of a deep bowl with high sides. You may need to make more marinade otherwise. So but if you have a little ceramic bowl or even steel bowl sure. and you just bring per, it through back and forth, well, back and forth. You can, but the idea the idea behind marinades is to marinate. Uh, so just, just a quick dip. Yeah, you want to get all those flavors infused. So and and also as we're talking about conservation, right? If you marinate a raw animal protein, whether it's steak or shrimp or whatever, that marinade you're going to throw away when you're done. But if you're marinating fruits and vegetables, those you don't need to throw away because there isn't anything in it that would have made you sick because you would eat those raw to begin with. So you can use those marinades as base for your sauces as well if you're doing oh, with vegetables smart. and fruits. So. Um, what comes to mind? When, what comes the, you know, to mind? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is a chili rub. I mean, a chili rub is the most basic thing that you put on. <laughs> didn't come, Earl's like didn't smile come to my mind. <laughs> oh, well, then what comes to mind for you guys? No, I, I, well, that you know, different different salts that you can put together. Oh, you, fla- yeah. you flavor a, a a sea salt with whatever you want to, whether it's just your garden variety different herbs, or maybe with zest of lemon mm, exactly. or, or orange. You know, all those things. I'm pretty simple in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those seasoned. There, there are amazing all organic little spice rubs now, and I'm not talking about you know French and Italian uh, spices or rubs that you can get, but really like lavender infused. Um, oh, that's va- herbs vanilla, de Provence. Yeah, for sure. or mm-hmm. vanilla infused. It's just. Um, Wonderful what you can can find. Yeah, and you can find great recipes online. And we've done great recipes online and on our Facebook page, and they tend to do so well because when you put together your own spice rub, first of all, it's going to have the flavors that you and your family like. Second of all, this is something that you sprinkle on. You're not actually like 
like a marinade, right, that you're going to, it's going to spoil or it's going to go bad or you're going to toss it after you marinate your animal protein. This is something that you make ahead and you keep all summer long. So, you know, we, we talk about chili rubs and, and you can make something with all your favorite flavors. It can have cumin and coriander and paprika and cayenne pepper and chipotle pepper and there, you know, whatever you want to put in there um, into your rub. And, and you mentioned vanilla too. We had that great show with La Faza a handful of months back. I think it was at the beginning of May. And they have a ground vanilla bean. This is mm. so good for rubs because it's dry. I mean, most of the vanilla that you're going to get is vanilla extract or vanilla bean, which still has a good amount of moisture in it. You could take out all of those lovely vanilla caviar, as they call it, the little beans that are inside of the pod. But um, this ground vanilla is wonderful, particularly when you're thinking about grilling fruit. How do you apply a rub? Fruit is moist enough to do that, but how do you apply a rub to a radicchio leaf, for example? The best way to do it is to add it to a little fat. I mean, when you think yeah, about... Yeah, some if moisture, you, a little bit of lemon put, juice, something. It's, it's the same concept as a marinade. You want to let it sit on there for a while so those flavors get infused. And if you think about how people will, you know, rub rub a steak, it, it, a steak has a good amount of moisture and fat in it to begin with. So it's going to cling to whatever dry rub you put on it. Now, if you put if you put a dry rub on something like a sliced zucchini, it's not going to adhere yes. as well. So, you know, rubbing it in with a little bit bit of honey or rubbing it in with a little bit of olive oil, oh, coconut oil, mm, yeah, yeah, vinegar, yeah. tamari, any of those things will help that rub affix to the, the produce item that you're grilling. Yeah. Okay. Moving, moving on to uh, marinades, marinades, right? There are certain things that are the basis of a good marinade, and I'm going to go to our dear friend and guest, Rebecca Katz, who we've had on the show before. She has something that she calls, the, it's the acronym FAST, F-A-S-S. These are the four building blocks of flavor, and it's fat, acid, salt, and sweet. So any marinade is going to it's going to adhere to this category of fast. You're going to have coconut oil or butter or olive oil or whatever your fat is or avocado, right, if you wanted to. The acid can be white wine, it can be lemon juice. The salt, well, it can be just salt or tamari or miso or it can be these wonderful flavored salts, flavored salts that Earl was describing earlier. And mm -hmm. then for sweet, you can use maple syrup, you can use honey, you can use you know molasses tons of these things sure. you just you put it together mango. in the way that you want you can use some fruit sure. that is really in season yeah. right strawberry yeah, or mango mm -hmm. you know it, you could use juice apple juice or pineapple juice yeah. or anything those Did, will go into your marinade that's such a great great tip fat acid salt, salt and, and sweet. sweet that's rebecca katz that's not mine but she's the one no, who no, came it's just up with a great <laughs> rule and you remembered it so um earl don't didn't you make a marinade for something that we grilled months last last summer we grilled something and you had like a mango salsa something maybe this was something we we would put in on after but it, what's the difference between a marinade and a salsa can you not marinate something in a salsa that you can then also serve as a why would you why would you not the 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 more viscous it is, the more the more liquidy that it is, the more it's going to be absorbable. If you were to marinate something in a salsa, you're going to minimize what can actually penetrate the fibers of huh. the produce item that you're grilling. Gotcha. Mango is a great, I mean, anything tropical. Yes. If, if you grill meat, but e even for all vegetables, portobello mushrooms with like just a little bit of, mm -hmm. of a mango marinade 
with some salt in it and oh it just brings out it makes the flavor pop it's really nice or white wine and mushrooms are great absolutely so like a white wine marinade for portobello mushrooms or add tamari tamari is my secret for mushrooms you add tamari and it just takes it to that whole yeah. new level yeah i agree yeah, yeah and you know with the fruit you know you can you can crush the fruit a bit to create the juice and then use that juice that that sweetener whether strawberries blueberries mango juice Apple juice. Well, then you're getting your multi-purpose. If you're talking yeah. about using that to marinate fruits and vegetables as opposed to, to meat, in which case you would throw it out afterwards. If you mm-hmm. if you use it to marinate your fruits and vegetables and then you use it to create your salsa or your sauce afterwards, that's that's smart. <laughs> yeah, you just <laughs> that's resourceful. Thick, thicken it up with something else, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. use that base, but you it's less work. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay, mm. so marinates, however creative you want to be, and we're almost out of time, but we do want to talk about salsas and sauces for afterwards. Um, this is an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helder. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And we are speaking with Earl Herrick here in the studio of Earl's Organic Produce, that's earlsorganic.com, about this season, the grilling season, grill guide, vegetables, fruits, sauces, and rubs really thinking beyond the meat of the entire world of produce that can now be grilled. Fruits and vegetables are in, and almost all of them, other than maybe berries falling through, but even those in a little grill basket, literally everything that comes from the ground can be grilled right now. Sita, salsas and sauces. Well, you've already hit on a lot of them already. I mean, Mm -hmm. mango salsa is fantastic. You can make a pineapple salsa with cilantro. The thing that's going to make your salsa really stand out is going to be that fresh herb. Whatever it is, whether it's parsley, cilantro, tarragon, chives, basil, it's really going to give that freshness, which is such a lovely compliment to anything that's been cooked, particularly something grilled, because something grilled feels a little bit heavier because the flavor is heavier, and the the freshness is definitely going to lighten it up. And an acid, you know, if you do a tomato salsa or a tomatillo salsa, oh my gosh, you could grill tomatillos and then to put them into a food processor to yes. make a tomatillo salsa with a little bit of lime. And and then when it comes to sauces, right, you can make your own barbecue sauce. And we, that's another thing we've shared online that has gotten great traction because it's much easier than it seems. I mean, some tomato and some apple cider vinegar. Yeah, you and can some reduce s- the sugar because in some barbecue can. sauces, the first ingredient is not tomatoes, it's sugar. Yeah. And then the other thing that I thought of is um, there's a wonderful raw chili recipe that has mm. bell peppers and and jalapeno and serrano and tomatillo and mango and all of these fresh ingredients and you just put it through the food processor together. It's a recipe by Carol Alt. She has a great book. I think it's called The Raw 50. And there's a phenomenal chili recipe in there. But that would be a wonderful sauce or salsa to put on top of your grilled mushrooms <laughs> or your grilled pineapple. <laughs> and you so top good. it with some pumpkin seeds and it's like, where's the meat? I don't need, I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Wonderful. No, where's the grill is the question. Where's the grill? We're out of time, but any last tips, Earl? You're you're quite a griller. I think one thing, you don't want to lose track of what you got on the fire. It's so easy to get distracted, uh, go get something else to drink. There's a game on, and it goes fast. Stay focused. Yeah, it, you know, you got that flame is there, and, and a lot of the a lot of the stuff you're, we're talking about today is very fragile. You, you want to turn it frequently, and so, you know, pay attention. Have fun with it. Yes, and also, uh, maybe as a tip, the heat that it has absorbed will 
will go on for a couple more minutes. Yeah. So if you think it needs two more minutes, it's actually done. Sita, any last minute tip? My last tip is if you don't have a grill basket, it's really not the end of the world. You can still grill these smaller items. Put them on a skewer. You can buy these wooden skewers. I think frequently they're bamboo. And my tip is soak them in water before you put your fruits and vegetables on it because it'll prevent it from catching on fire when you put it on the grill. (laughs) Yes. Flambeau. That is maybe the (laughs) smartest tip I've ever heard. How long do you soak them? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Soak them in water before and then put them on the grill. Nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah, is everybody hungry? Grilling is on. No kidding. I can see the color varieties and the the different produce items. And wow, it really it, it's redefining grilling where you usually have one or two vegetables and then you know a meat source. This can be a party, a cornucopia of colors and flavors Absolutely. all together with some sauces. And wow, yeah, the, I can I can feel the flavor. It's that good. Thank you. That's Mm. amazing. That was this hour on Grill Guide, vegetables, fruit, sauces, and rubs with Mr. Produce, Mr. Earl Herrick here in the studio with us. Hey, enjoy the weekend. That was a rich hour. Thank you. You enjoy the weekend, too. And (laughs) and listeners, send us your favorite recipes and tips and photos of your grilling experience this summer. You can send them to us through our website and email, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation or tweet us. At Talk Organic. That's the handle. I guess that's what it's called. At Talk Organic. And don't forget to hashtag us. I love to say that. Hashtag an organic conversation. We'll see you next week. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate Producer, Kristen Ponger. This show would not be possible without the ongoing support from our listeners. Whether it's a dollar a month or a one-time donation, please consider becoming a patron of An Organic Conversation. For more information on how to support this program, please visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash an organic conversation thank you for your contribution an organic conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters earl's organic produce a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store home or business since 1988 the website is earlsorganic.com and also fry vineyards america's first certified organic winery producing organic and certified biodynamic wine. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. Thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Bowman College offers professional training programs that prepare individuals for careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, please follow us on facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. We are your hosts, Helga Helber and Sitarani Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. Bye.